we're going. We're, we're on right now. And then, and then I'm not going to cut anything out. I mean, unless you want me to, I will, obviously. But I try to just leave it. Yeah. You know. And so the first thing everybody asks you, your name. Yes. How? How do you pronounce my name? Well, and, and, and origin, origin. <laughs> oh well, I wish I knew more. So my full name is Aidinanet Carlina Ortiz, mm -hmm. and the most I've been able to track it down is that it's my aunt's middle name. Mm -hmm. My mom actually swapped our names. So her name was Carlina Aidinanet, mine's Aidinanet Carlina. Mm -hmm. So then she passed away before I was born, mm -hmm. but she was a big part in actually my older sister's life where um, my mom actually, she, even though she was sick, I think she had some type of cancer, they didn't really know. Mm -hmm. She helped my mom cross the border when she was pregnant oh. with my sister. That's your aunt. My aunt. Yeah. Um, so my sister was named after my mother, but I think, I haven't really actually talked to my mother about no. it, but I think it was a way of kind of respecting the fact that she took this journey with her while she was mm -hmm. pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but I think also she lived uh, to see, to meet my sister. Maybe mm -hmm. that was why. Mm -hmm. So I was, a, the, um, I came after, maybe this is a long explanation, but anyways. No. Uh, <laughs> No. Uh, stop me if I if I no, ramble. Keep going. I'm gonna look at this every once in a while, to make sure that. Or if I sound I stupid. Sorry guys, stupid. if I sound stupid. Um. Anyways, so. So then. Yeah. I asked my grandmother because she was the one who named her daughter this, right? Yeah. And I asked my grandmother like, where did you get this name? Mm -hmm. And she said someone gave it to her, and mm -hmm. I was like, okay, how did they give it to you? Like, tell mm -hmm. me more. Mm -hmm. And apparently, um, there was a calendar, like a daily calendar that you tear off that had names. Mm -hmm. So the day of my aunt's birthday, which I should know it, um, but I don't, it, it was on that calendar. Okay. And then, so they gave my aunt like a name and she used it as a, a middle name. Oh. So then my mom did the switcheroo um, and then gave it to me as um, my first name. Because she switched hers. Yeah, so yeah. her name is Carlina, yeah. I didn't know it, mine's I didn't know it, Carlina. But I go by Idy just because it's shorter. Is it's, it Idy or Ivy? ID, ID. I say like, think of an ID card, but, like but an that's I and a D. the Western pronunciation, so ID. ID. Well, because I still, be I, I still spell it. It's right here. You read it. I still spell <laughs> it. Um, uh, just like the first four letters of my name, so it's yeah. A Y D I. So when people look at it and they want to read it, they say AD, Ida. I don't know. They say all sorts of different things. <laughs> so or Heidi. Yeah. I get Heidi a lot. Right. Because they think that's what it is. Yeah, and doesn't have an age, so. Um, I tend not to tell people my name when I go to restaurants or I give somebody else's mm -hmm. name, mm -hmm. um, just because I don't want to go through it? like how do how do you how do you spell it? And I'm like it doesn't matter, just just put so somebody else's name. I'm just like <laughs> it's just you know it's fine. And then but or sometimes when I'm in the mood, yeah. I just I'm curious to how they spell it okay. and how close they get. So I'm like ID, and then they just look at me like what? And then some people ask more, other people just yeah. type whatever. But I would think that they would just put an I and a D. Right. Um, the closest I got the other day, I went, where did I go? I went to a coffee shop and they put I-D-E-E. -E. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's, that makes sense, I guess. That's yeah, what you heard. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so ID. So it's okay if I call um, you Ivy. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. What, what kind of music do you play on this hipster device up here? Look at this. Pioneer receiver with Bose speakers. Is that yours? It's... Technically not, no. but kind of. It was given to my studio mate, to Mario, yeah. and um, I've, I've, but Mario had his own device over there. So I was like, okay, I'll like store it here for a bit. Oh. Um, so I listen, I actually listen to podcasts or just different radio oh. stations, and mm -hmm. um, I'm not a, a, a music nerd mm -hmm. or connoisseur okay. as I should be. Oh, really? But yeah, you have to I, be that. Why you should would, you be that? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I feel like I kind of envy people who are really um, versed in different genres of music. Oh. But I, I can appreciate it and I, and I like it. Mm -hmm. I just don't remember anyone's name. So, mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, I know that song and I like it, mm -hmm. but I don't know who sings it. <laughs> um, so that happens to me actually with artists. So that makes, I just feel like I need a better memory overall because me when too. I'm trying to recall an artist, yeah. I'm just Especially like Especially if they're in front of you. Right. It's like that, <laughs> that one person did that one thing that I loved. Um, Does that frustrate your friends? Uh, yeah. I mean, usually <laughs> I could if, somehow find it in Google or something, but um it, yeah. it, I feel like as an instructor, I should yeah. have like this breadth of, of people to share. So <laughs> usually I try to write it down so okay. I don't forget it. Okay. Um, but, I, but I do wish I could just recall names. And mm -hmm. so it happens to me all the time with right. music, with artists. Right. Um, so that's is that your mug right there? This one? Yeah. Yeah. What is that little uh, character on there? Um, the little ghost on the bottom. It's is that the Mario, Mario Ghost. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the Mario. Mario Kart? It's, well, I, I actually started playing Super Mario yeah. when I was a kid oh, yeah. and Nintendo and, and yeah. all that. Um, I, yeah. But then, but I, it's funny you asked about it because um, my brother had it tattooed on him. Mm. Um, my brother who passed away. And then I got it tattooed on me mm. uh, because I, I was just kind of like in remembrance of him. Okay. And then I got, I got his name tattooed right under it. But then now I feel that people, people don't really know that it's for those reasons, and yes. they probably think I'm just a super crazy Mario fan. Like a Mario nerd. <laughs> yeah. Mario nerd. I'm a, I mean, I do love the game, you know, yeah. but um, but it was really for for, for him, mm. and um, so yeah. Not I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but so no. it's funny that I no. I just that just kind of popped into my head to look yeah. to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of cool. why it, it stayed. It's mm. now a little more present in my life. I have a mm. little stuffy right over there. That's oh, tiny. you do? Where'd you get that? Yeah, uh, Mario actually, my studio mate, got it for me. Oh, um, oh nice. So thank you, Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Mario, because the, um, the people listening haven't heard that. Uh, so I am currently an artist in residence at Slanguage Studio in Wilmington, California. Mm -hmm. And it's co-founded by Mario Ibarra Jr. and Carla Diaz. So they've started Slanguage. Um, again, I'm back with dates and times i want to say 15 years ago roughly yeah. in wilmington yeah. mm -hmm. um so i've been here alongside um the other artists in residence which is rosalie lopez a printmaker mm -hmm. um we've been in language for um uh, since april okay it's since april of this mm -hmm. year mm -hmm. roughly right and so they do a lot of great work with uh, different youth in the community. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, they've had a lot of strong, important artists come through this, this space. Right. Um, not this exact location. They have had other spaces in Wilmington. Mm -hmm. They've also were uh, working with LAX Art for a few years in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, but now they're, they're back in Wilmington and they invited us to come over and, and oh, share the space with them. And How lucky for you. Yeah, I, I've been really lucky. Mario's been a great mentor and it's always great to hang around with Carla and, and Rosalie and uh, get feedback, especially now that I'm out of uh, grad school. It's a, it's, um, you don't really have those moments like you you had set moments at school to either talk to people about your work okay. or different things going on in life and okay. friends and nowadays with everyone being so busy having yeah. their own schedule mm -hmm. this is nice to have like a, a community where I know I could come and, and and spend time with them and even though sometimes we even had to schedule our time together sure, sure. Um, because we still have busy lives right. um, it's it's always nice to know that we can um, come to each other so you bounce things and ideas and yeah we bounce ideas mm -hmm. in whether it's with art or just 
um, life, yeah. you know, if we want to talk about life and what we're going through, because a lot of our, our work does revolve around our personal experiences and, and right. in our life. Right. Um, so it's always nice to have that friendship and mentorship. And right. uh, Mario has, um, you know, and Carla have, have all the experience that, that we're just barely tapping into, I feel. So right. it's nice to have, you know, mentors that have gone through it, especially mm. mentors of of color, people of color, mm -hmm. right? How's that different? Well, I feel like they're able to relate to you a little bit better. They're mm -hmm. not looking at you. Um, let, let me start off by saying, like, my experience in grad school was great. And I had, don't get me wrong, I have a lot of great me mentors in grad school yeah. and that are not people of color and that I love. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think initially, especially with my practice, it, it took a lot of initial shock of like oh i feel bad for you this is what happened to you in your life and then once they kind of got over that having sympathy for me mm -hmm. um it was like okay let's talk about your work yeah and i'm not saying everyone did that not everybody did that but i encountered that a lot mm -hmm. and here it was more like i can understand what you have gone through and, and how you grew up and mm -hmm. and and we can kind of have that conversation so less of a, a adjustment to the concept yeah. right of your work of this work which, which or any of my work okay. or you know yeah. or just um i think because um wilmington I, I didn't grow up in wilmington but i can from what i've seen it's not too far away from long beach so i grew up in long no, beach no you guys are right around, <laughs> uh, right, over the right? Yeah. um yeah. so i think we have different experiences as far as like whom we were around mm -hmm. who we see and what type of people that we see mm -hmm. right and um so yeah, it's, 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 it's nice to also see yourself that you can achieve something because mm. I don't know if you've, um, I think times are changing and more people of color are coming into positions of power and yeah. things. Right. Um, so it's always nice to be able to have one as a friend, right. <laughs> right, right. but, um, yeah, but, yeah. but to be able to see that you, you can achieve the, these higher right. things. Because some right? people would not know that. Yeah. Some people even right now as we're sitting here, don't know that they could do something like that. Right, 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 right. And then unless you you see yourself and someone else, right? Yeah. That someone else has done it and kind of paved the way. And then you're like, oh, it is possible yeah. for me to do this. Right. Right. Um, even just by having exposure, right, to someone mm -hmm. else who did it. And, and that's what I try to do, at least as an instructor to my students. I try yeah. to show them a, a range of artists, even artists that maybe I'm not too fond of. Um, just because I feel that they maybe will gravitate to something that I don't know and right. but it's better for them to see for themselves yeah. and um, Hopefully, true. you know, they're impacted in a good way. Yeah, and, and so how did you go from? You know being this person who took pictures mm -hmm. to you know Where did you learn to to you know use that as a language and to create a book like this book? We're looking at which what's the name of this book? Uh, the name of the book is La Condición de la Familia, which translates to the condition of the family. Um, okay, I can start from the beginning. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I, like, to take, I like to take pictures, right, just mm -hmm. like any other kid. Mm -hmm. And my mom had given me a, a small point-and-shoot film camera. Okay. It was really colorful, and it was like fully manual. Do you remember what kind of uh, auto? No, it was like a toy camera. It yeah. wasn't nothing fancy. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I really loved it, but I didn't know what I was doing. I was just taking pictures, and right. frankly, they weren't that good. No? Uh, no, no, they no. were um, But I always, uh, so I graduated high school. Yeah. My sister signed me up for junior college. 
She's forged my signature. I'm putting this on the record. Your sister like your mommy? It's like a <laughs> yes, second mommy. she was like a second mom, and yeah. it took her a long time to not do that. But anyways, <laughs> um, so but I, I knew it was for the best interest of me. But I, I honestly, I wasn't ready. Like I wasn't. What did you want to do instead of that? Nothing. I just I, I found newfound freedom. I had a car. I had money, and I wanted to party with a my bad friends. Combo. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, <laughs> So then I, I started at Cerritos College in not even not even the fall in the summer like uh -huh. right out of high school Ooh, I was like short thing, I was complaining I was like I can't believe yeah. she's making me do this um, <laughs> so I actually did really bad I was a really yeah. bad student I wouldn't go to class What were the first classes you remember <sighs> Yeah it was more like a counseling class Yeah that's and only like kind English you can get and like reading Yeah, yeah uh -huh. it was like yeah. I was like the worst one out of the batch so Were you mad at your bossy sister for making you go there No I I I, got, I think I got over it I was just I knew it was my mom's <laughs> fault you know oh, really? the thing, She was she, behind it She worked my sister worked at the admissions office so it was like oh, really easy for that's her bad for you then Right yeah I mean yeah. she got me a job there so I shouldn't that's cool. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> complain but um, so that's how, or, or that's why she signed me up. My sister was always okay. been more like on track in life, uh -huh. the studious one and getting good grades uh -huh. and stuff. I was just kind of like, kind of just behind her, like, all right, I'll do what she's doing. <laughs> and, um, no, I was so bad. Can Don't I you think artists need that? Of somebody like your sister? I think at some point, some do. I know. I mean, I definitely did. I wouldn't have been in school if it wasn't for her, right? Or my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, but some people do need that, that push yeah. and someone to kind of bring you back to reality right, right. so okay um so she's got you over to the school you're taking those classes in the summer and then so i stay there i'm there for maybe two three years right. maybe two years and i get kicked out that's awesome i i, <laughs> I, I got put on academic probation my, that happened to my sister Be yeah, yeah i was okay. doing so bad Great. and then i actually even had a friend who i'm like just sign me up to whatever you're taking like i didn't even care i was like just I'll take whatever you're taking. Sure. And she still managed to pass the classes and I didn't. And I was like, oh no, you're bad. Um, but anyways, so I got kicked out. And then up until that point, I had always thought about taking a photo class, but I didn't because I had heard that it was expensive. Mm. And then, can be. So, yeah, it, and it, it can, especially yeah. a black and white class. Mm -hmm. So then I got kicked out and I thought, man, my mom is gonna, can I cuss on this thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, Cause I, I swear a lot. I just want to make sure. So sorry, viewers it hurt. It or listeners. Yeah. <laughs> This PG um, is, is labeled as a, so kids know they can't. Okay, yeah. um, I'm just making sure. Um, so, <laughs> I got kicked out and I thought, oh man, my mom is going to be so upset if yeah. she finds out. Yeah. So then I enrolled myself in, Cal in uh, Long Beach City. And then okay. I, and I, by that time I had my own job, I had money and I had a car. So I okay. said, well, why not take a photo class? This would be the time to take it. Okay. And I did really well, and I loved it. Mm. And then I applied that same energy onto all of my classes. Was that a 101 over there? It was a 101. It was my first photo class ever. I mm -hmm. fell in love. Again, I wasn't necessarily the best, but it was like, I, I was like, this is magical. Why did you like it so much? What? This is magical. Um, well, for me, I just felt like the dark room was kind of my little oasis, and I've said it many times. It was my way out of any drama, anything that was happening in yeah. my life. Yeah. And it was just a moment of like, it was, it was a happy escape. Yes. And then, so I loved it. I yeah. loved working in the dark room. Mm -hmm. And um, I went back to Cerritos because one, I had a job there. Two, I just, I'm like, ah, I, Long Beach City. No offense, Long Beach City. Mm -hmm. But they had two campuses and I was like, ah. Right, split between the street, isn't it? It's, it's kind of. Uh, Does Carson it, run it, through that or no? It's, 
yeah, it's passing Carson. It's yeah. they are further apart. It, depending on traffic, it could take you yeah. ten to fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, but you you had to make sure like this day I, I could only schedule on this campus because you wouldn't be able to go from one class to another. It's not no the commute's a little too big. Yeah, okay. it's too long. So okay. I was just like oh, I got used to Cerritos. Let me let me give Cerritos another try. So I went back to Cerritos, mm -hmm. and Cerritos was just kind of like a um, straight shot from my house. Okay. Um, easy to get there. Yeah, it was easy to get there. And um, and then I did good, and then I brought up all my grades. Wow! And then why did that make you? Why did doing good in photography make your grades do good? Because I just realized if I could do good in this class, then I put the same energy in all my other classes, and I could do good too. That's what it took. So that's that's just it, what it took. It was like that. a love for something. Like I love this, mm -hmm. and I and I'm good at this, or I want to be good at this. Mm -hmm. So let me try everywhere mm -hmm. else. Right. But it proved then, you something. Yeah, it did. And I think that's what I needed. And I think that's, um, I also work in continuation schools. And I feel like that's what kids need nowadays. They need, they need that push. Like you can do it, believe in yourself. Yeah. Um, just uh, try it. You know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of students that I've seen that they don't even try to do something because they're afraid of failing. Or they think um, they know that they won't. They, they think they, they think, is it afraid of failure? Or is it that they just feel that they, they know that they won't succeed? Cause yeah. Because yeah, were you afraid be. of failure, or did you just feel like you couldn't succeed at anything? I just—that's mm, a good question. I—I I, um, I don't know if I. D it doesn't matter. I well, no, it's it's interesting. I just I I I wasn't. I just didn't find anything that caught my attention yeah. that told me that I should do good. Right. I, and I, so I, you didn't have that that feedback of that good feeling of like accomplishing a thing and right. that mastery. Yeah. And then you decide, I'm just going to master all the other motherfucking stuff. Exactly. Right. <laughs> no, and then you, the funny thing is, like, I would fail a class, and I would retake it in the summer, and I will get, like, an A or B. Wow. So it's not like I didn't have it in me. I know. I just that's chose what, not to do it. That's I'm kind of fascinated by I it. just chose not to. I was just like... Did you like, know that, though? Do you remember? Did you know I, it? I, I found later, looking at my transcripts, like... I would pass it on the other round, like this, you know. But by a lot, not yeah. just pass it. <laughs> right, right. C's get degrees, come on. Right. A's? <laughs> this is true. But it was, um, I so don't know, maybe maybe of... because it was one class at a time in the summer or two huh. classes at a time. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. But it, I honestly would just not pass classes because I would either uh, just not show up to class or not do the homework, which is that's all you need to do. Show up to class, do the homework, and then you pass. And I, because I, I wouldn't necessarily do bad, horrible, yeah, and test. Yeah, yeah. It was just me not showing up. Me preferring to go with my friends and doing other stuff yeah. that I shouldn't be doing. Shenanigans. Yeah. Well, but so, so, so you found an importance. Is it, what should I, is it possible that you found an importance in photography? Yeah. And then you saw that importance in everything else? Right, yes. Something like that? Mm -hmm. well, that's, that's, that's pretty good. cool. Um, and then I and then I got into UCLA. Would you imagine that? Wow. So I tell people, if I could do it, you could do it, <laughs> um, because I um, I didn't at that point when when I got into UCLA, I knew that I wasn't going to go in as just a photographer. Okay. Because the program that they have is art, so okay. photography falls within that. So you all have right. to take all these other art classes. Okay. So I finished all my general ed, and um, I had. The year before, I applied to Cal State Fullerton as a photojournalist, which was the worst idea. But I had some. Why is that the worst idea? Because I hate to write. Oh. <laughs> and I had a counselor who was like, if you want to just do photo, you have to do photojournalism. So I had really bad advice. And I didn't you get have to be in. Be careful about those counselors. 
Yeah, not to you know, them. it's they can true. Be very dicey. I've had a lot of counselors yeah. tell, give friends really bad advice. I, I've heard um, all the time. All so the time. Yeah. I, I heard some schools have better than others, but you know, mm. so I didn't get in because of my grades. And the funny thing about it was that if they would have just waited at the end of that semester, yeah. all my grades went up. So I had like a 3.0 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, you know what? It, was, it wasn't meant to be. Like, I don't want to do photojournalism. Mm -hmm. I'm not a writer. Mm -hmm. I really, I would prefer to go cry in a corner than to write anything. Mm -hmm. um, and this is true till this day. And then, um, so I said, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take art classes. And yeah. then I started to see how did the different mediums have are in conversation with each other. Absolutely. So then I thought, this is great. I could now see how, you know, you know, everyone's talking about composition, right? Yeah. Whether it's in painting, it could be in ceramics, yeah. it could be in anything, right. printmaking. Um, so I really enjoyed it. And then so my last, I would say my last year at Cerritos was like the mm. funnest because I mm -hmm. only was taking art classes. It's oh. like, yeah, all my G's are done. A lot of homework. A lot, yeah, it was fun homework. Right. I enjoyed it. You right. know, by that time I was a good student. Right. I was going to class and doing my stuff. <laughs> uh, and then, um, and kind of like on a whim, um, I was gonna, uh, you know, to apply to, you know, not UCLA. And okay. because I just thought, like, I'm not gonna get in. Mm. But I had friends who were like, just do it. Like, does what it hurt to try? No, yeah. And it's like, you know what? You're right. It doesn't hurt to try. And then, um, you know, I, I made it. And then awesome. I was, I was shocked. You're one of those kids. <laughs> I was so surprised. But yeah. then when I got there, I mean, it was, I always complain about my experience there. Um, but I'm happy that I went and I wouldn't change it. And the reason that I, that I complain is because I had a lot of time, a hard time adjusting because I was alone. Um, okay. I had made a community with my friends yeah. at, at Cerritos. Yeah. And when I got to UCLA, I didn't have anyone. Yeah. And I also was working, so I didn't have the leisure to like just sit around and like hang out. You weren't one of those kids walking around in your PJs around campus. No, I, and I couldn't. And then right. so I, I worked, so it was always like two class, to work. And then I was also a little bit older. So I, when I got in, I was like 23 or 24. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the students were straight out of high school. So yeah. they're like 18. Oh, wow. And then so I was older and I worked. And then I'm like, all the crazy stuff that you guys want to do right now, I've already done. You know, I You're went through that, that phase. Yeah. Um, so I didn't necessarily come out with like making a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I do have people that I admire and respect and same, but it wasn't that initial friendship and then also mm -hmm. like again the faculty wasn't really diverse mm -hmm. um so then it wasn't like i was able to really find bonds with other with faculty mm -hmm. I'm, although i did right so yeah. i worked alongside with Catherine opie who i who i loved and um i still love to this day and and james welling who were the photo instructors who okay. i really um appreciate the the support that they gave me mm -hmm. uh but but it took me a long time to really um, adjust yeah. right and then also when the work that I was making in my junior college was very is very different than the work I do now how so so that happens it'd be great if it happened to stop right here <laughs> Because I like that kind of stuff in the podcast. I mean, it's I pretty like loud. Come by and ask us questions. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we could go outside if you want. No, but, we're good. <laughs> um, I like the space, but I'm just saying I like I like interruptions. Yeah. Um, but so how how was it different? How was it different? Yeah. So when I. I, I was more of a technical photographer. I wanted to make a pretty picture and okay. a good picture. Okay. Um, UCLA taught me how to how to how to find my voice with my work. 
right? It's a very conceptual school. So I had people who made really bad work, and but they could talk about it. And I was like, that's shit, you know? You're just making excuses. <laughs> but it took me a while to, like, appreciate the way that they worked. Okay. I just didn't understand that, right? Okay. Um, so later, that was also the problem, was that I wasn't trained to necessarily be a conceptual artist and yeah. but i'm happy with the training that i did receive because it was a strong foundation yeah if it wasn't for that foundation i wouldn't be the artist that i am today where i can do both i can technically take a really great picture right. and i could also now say something with my work right. so i so i appreciate that and i actually feel that students should do that they yes. should go to a junior college first and then transfer <laughs> yeah, but um to get their to get their, their stuff together yeah, yeah. and then yeah. um and yeah, it was. It was. How did they do that? How did they? How, you, do, like how did they get you from being this person who just took great, pretty pictures to where you're going to say something with a picture? Like so, the you know the the thing you put together here, this book, and we'll get to the book. It's so. There, you were saying about how it's stuff that other people took, and it's family pictures, and it's you. But there is this sort of thing that goes through the whole book that sort of stays the same too. Like it, it, it there's a thread through the whole thing that's that that story. You know, it's, it stays the same. And, and so, mm, you know, how did you go from being this person who just took these technically proficient pictures to somebody who could use the language of photography? Um, what did they do to you? Exactly. That, that's a good question. Uh, I think it was <laughs> honestly just in, in practice and seeing other artists and seeing other people and seeing my peers and then thinking about, well, discovering the type of work that I liked okay right so I think in in, in junior college I was more of like taking it all in yeah. like oh this is the, the, the person my instructor likes oh so I must love Edward Weston too <laughs> if he loves Edward Weston you know like okay. it, so I was right. like taking in what what right. was being told to me yeah and then when I got to UCLA I started to to really break down well wait wait why do I like Edward Weston? Well, why should I? I like why should I like him? Right. What kind of work do I like? And then it's right. like, and then it was like, well, how can I make something like that? Something that I like and I appreciate, and something that I could relate to. And right? who did you find that you liked? Well, I guess when um, for this book specifically, I, I was looking at the work of Nan Golden and Larry Clark. Tell me about and that. And then, so Nan Golden, um, she wasn't necessarily a technically, a technical photographer, and she's admitted this in interviews and stuff, mm -hmm. but it was more about documenting her life and her reality, mm -hmm. right? So she, um, it, it, the one work is called The Ballad of Sexual Dependencies. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. No. It's a beautiful slideshow um, that she also has printed uh, and, a, and a musical score to go along with the mm. slideshow. And it's her and her friends and the different types of friends and, and being sexually dependent on mm. uh, a partner or friendships mm. and um, even if they're abusive and they were good. But it was like, this is, this is my life, right? This is our life. This is the life of people that... Um, have uh, been with me and were with me. People mm -hmm. have passed away from AIDS. Um, so there's a lot comprehensive. of right. There was like queer. Like she was. She doesn't mm -hmm. think she like she. She has says that people have described her work as people from the margins, but she was like, no, mm -hmm. we are not that mm -hmm. because we were everything to each other. Like so, they didn't consider themselves like that. So it's yes. like. Um, and then Larry Clark, although he could be controversial and not necessarily, people are not a fan of his work, um, but I liked it because of how raw it was. Mm -hmm. So he has a book uh, titled Tulsa, uh, and it took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and it was about him and his friend who were heroin addicts mm. using heroin. Right. And it was 
Um, so it wasn't as a as an a warrior as an outsider looking in. It was like him being a journal. part of. It, it's it's like a photo. It's like a visual type of journal of like them using in the different facets of that. Um, so then that kind of gave me the courage to say, well, I want to, I want to, I want to put my life right. in a book. Right. On well, but a little little backtrack, just a tad bit. Yeah. Um, so I, so I'm just gonna say it real fast. So my brother passed away in the summer, and my last year at UCLA was coming up. So I started it in the fall, and I was taking a class with Catherine Opi, and she's had told us in the spring that it was going to be a landscape class and i thought great landscapes i could do landscapes but when but the first day of class she said no it's a documentary class mm. and then my response was like well this is what happened in my life i cannot not make work about it because this is the only thing i can think about okay. so i'm going to make a book it was consuming you at that and time. then yeah and she was just like great make a book go to therapy while you're at it sure and um and that's what i did and if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't, therapy wouldn't have even crossed my mind because mm -hmm. it's not what we do. And then this is in air quotes for people who are listening. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> just because it's, it's you know, we're, we're not, and at least in my family, yeah. um, we, don't, we don't do therapy. We don't go mm -hmm. to therapy. We don't know what it's about. We don't know anybody mm -hmm. that has gone to therapy. Yeah, right. And, you know. Yeah. Um, so. Asian families, too, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh, we're going to hide everything or keep everything between no one can know. We like to suppress things. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and I didn't necessarily do it as like a project. It wasn't like a school project. I never, I introduced it like, okay, so I'm going to make a book. You know, these are the artists I'm looking at. And then I worked on it all semester. And what, but of course, I still had to submit stuff during the class. Mm -hmm. And so I started to, to make photographs in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I said, my neighborhood has made me who I am, yeah. and it's made my brothers who they are. Nice. So how can I show that? Like, what can I, not, I love my neighborhood, yeah. and it's not to say that I um, think bad of it. Yeah. I, you could, anybody can enter what they want, visiting, you know, so I live in North Long Beach. So I just started to, to document the people in my neighborhood, yeah. complete strangers, uh, different architecture in my neighborhood, or just different things that kind of stood out to me. Yeah. Whether it was like a stuffed animal, you know, sitting in the corner on a wall or something. Um, was so that hard to get into that mindset? Because you just lived there, and now you're going to go walk around, and did you feel like a weirdo walking around with your camera? At first... Um, just because other people see other people are like, oh, they're going to steal your camera. And I'm like, oh, well, are they like, are people uh, going to try to steal my huh. camera? Who wants a film camera? Right. right. So I started. <laughs> Do they know so, it's a film camera? Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm, it's not fancy. So then I said, you know what? I'm going to, so to be low profile, small camera, I'm going to do it with the 35 millimeter camera. Mm. Right. And now I regret it because I'm like, there's such a small, small negative. Like, uh, so I eventually moved to like a medium format camera. 120. I, I, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, uh, it's the smallest one. It's a Mamiya 645, but yeah. I love it. So it has a similar ratio to the 35 millimeter, mm -hmm. um, but it's just a little bit bigger of a negative, mm -hmm. bigger mm -hmm. quality prints and scans and stuff. Looks different. Um, yeah. So, but I just, at first it was, it was that, like, yeah. and then I'm like, why am I listening? This is my neighborhood. Why am I listening to anybody? Like why, you know, hmm. but just cause you hear stories like your aunt, someone picked your pocket or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I went wandering around just walking. And then what I noticed was, um, people who wanted me to take their picture or the ones who would stare at me longer. 
So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna right? I'm gonna pretend to take a picture of this building, and then they're looking at me. Okay, I'm gonna walk a little bit, and I'm take so they could see. I just wanted them to feel or see that it's I'm not just coming directly to you. Yeah. I don't want to intimidate you. I don't want you to feel that you're on some type of display or anything. Yeah. So I would just try it, even if I. Maybe sometimes I was taking a picture of a building yeah. or a corner or whatever, yeah. um, but sometimes I wasn't. I just knew that person's there. By the time I get to them, I want them to know and see that I'm taking pictures. Okay. So then when I get to them, I could ask them. Right. And then I always use the line, I'm a student. Can you please let me? <laughs> I'm a student. Can you let me? And then so I, um, I, for the most part, I, didn't, I had a lot of people say yes. I notice that women are, are the ones to say more no more often than men, um, but you know that was fine. So I sometimes felt a little weird, like with children. I was like, can I, you know, they're with their like older sister that doesn't look too old herself. But you know, um, but I was asking anybody and sure. everybody who was there. You're collecting. Yeah, I was just collecting of information of of it's our neighborhood it's yeah. not just mine you know so right. that series is actually titled a portrait of my neighborhood mm. um so it's uh it started in black and white i've recently this year uh started it in color mm. um so i still have more work to do and i always wanted to uh, i kind of put it on pause for for a moment but i said i always want to come back to that i really liked it mm -hmm. i i really um i felt there was more space to cover since i was right. on foot you know, I was like, right. okay, today I'm just going to walk down, you know, a mile this way or a mile that way. And I'm, I'm just like, well, I can expand further. Mm -hmm. um, so Did you discover things that you didn't realize? Because you're in your neighborhood your whole life or whatever, however long. And then, yeah. and then you walk around and you're like, well, I didn't know. Yeah, I noticed that I didn't talk to as many people in my neighborhood that I thought I did. Right. So and the funny thing is that I realized my brothers, they actually knew more of my like neighbors on my block than I did because they were like outside talking to everyone. And, and okay. it really made me realize the difference between being a male and a female. Mm -hmm. And also that like my parents are very like, you can't do this or, you, you know, mm -hmm. um, protective. so they're yeah, they're protective. But but more with the females than yes. the males yeah. that they, they got to roam around even though i did do my roaming i'm not saying i didn't <laughs> i remember i was a bad student um but it was it wasn't with so much with everyone in my neighborhood like right. like that experience like the, like that my brothers boys. had right? Yeah. right um so i kind of realized that and it was actually nice it's now going back to it it's interesting to see how the neighborhood has changed mm. and now you know with gentrification yes. not that that's the new thing but yeah um, but it's coming and I see it more in my neighborhood yeah. and, and, you know, seeing how, you know, buildings that were once, you know, there, not there. Yeah. So I, I doc, there's, we had a new, new, uh, Michelle Obama library. Okay. And I took a picture of the furniture store before it was a library. That building no longer exists. Right. right? So, um, so yeah. I, I love that about photography too, you know? Mm. Uh, so. Why, why, why do you like, love that? Because it, it, it. It kind of allows you to remember a time that once was and no longer is, whether it's good or bad. You know, yeah. that's just what makes us who we are as humans. And, you know, things are always changing and things yeah. will always continue to change. So it's, right. it's nice to have a record of, of the change right. before it happens, after it happens. Kind of a time machine almost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah. Um, Do you think it, when so you go back to that work that um, it'll be different because you paused it because you now you know 
Well, it's different because I also started doing it in color. Yeah. Um, and so I had a more of a strategy. I already had a strategy. The yeah. first time it was like, I'm going to wing it. Yeah. And this time it was like, okay, I have a strategy. This is my plan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it, I yeah. think, as much as I did the first time. Mm. Um, I was kind of on a time crunch, so I, 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 I didn't do it as for too long mm -hmm. like the first time i think I, I did it for a few months mm -hmm. and this last time i did it for maybe two weeks so it was like how can i get as much images at one time and and i was focused more on portraits okay. than on my first round which was like all everything everything yeah. so i kind of want to go back like even slow down even more right 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 um and then also i was doing it on slide film and I think my meter was off a little bit so Ooh, on slide film. yeah so I was I could kick myself <laughs> uh, like oh my god it's overexposed um, so you know it, right. I, so in there's a, in a bad way in a bad way <laughs> yeah not not good things so um, you know but but I still felt like I, the enjoyment is that a word uh, how I how much I enjoyed it the first time you know I, I still felt it again mm. so I, I could still see myself like doing it again and again mm -hmm. and again um, mm. so obviously color is very different yes. because you know um, it's no longer just about the details and the textures mm -hmm. it's now also about what colors what pops yes. what you know and um, yeah it gives a different feel and those tell a story right yeah I so mean, I, I mean so I'm also curious to to go back like well why don't I go back in both color and black and white? Like, why just yeah. stick to one? Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of, of blending the two. I know that some people, when they start a body of work, don't get me wrong, I could be that snobby where I'm like, no, everything needs to be super consistent. <laughs> um, I have done that too. Uh, but for this one, I just feel like, why not? Like, what's stopping me? I would me? think that color and black you know? and white would work because um, neighborhoods, there's a lot of identifying factors in color. Right, yeah. yeah. Colors of houses in one neighborhood are different than colors of houses in another or time period. And then you can see how they've been, you know, is it a fresh paint job? Is it, is it peeling? Mm -hmm. Like, although you can see those textures, but you won't be able to see the vibrancy of the color, yes, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, you know, it does, do they have flowers? Like, yep. what color are the flowers? Like, mm -hmm. what is, do they have grass? You know, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so, but I, I, I still... It was, I don't know. People, I think, with this round knew I was a little bit older. So then they're like, are you from this neighborhood? Are you not from this neighborhood? Are you, you're not a student. So I, am, I, don't, I no longer really? say I'm a student, but I would say I started this project. And, you know, you can check out my website. Yeah. It's on my website. Well, a, and, I, I would be excited. About yeah, and then they said, I, I, you know, I want to document the great things about our neighborhood. So would you want to be part of this project? And people have said yes. Right. So that's cool. You really made me think just now because you look at a neighborhood and um, you said the neighborhood's being gentrified, you know. So the colors that you saw when you grew up there are going to be different, a different palette 20 years from now. Right. It'll yeah. all be like beige and like. Yes. I mean. Apache tan. And <laughs> I mean, now. Uh, they really are trying to, especially my neighborhood, like revamp it and even rename it. So forever, and I will still say I'm from North Long Beach, but now they're trying to rebrand it as Uptown Long Beach. There you go. They're trying to make it really friendly and nice and mm -hmm. have new light posts and stuff. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like, well, you're only like really painting the facade because if you go into the neighborhoods, like 
those haven't changed, right? Mm -hmm. You're changing the two major streets and that's it. Mm -hmm. Why not go into into the neighborhood and see what people need? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And and I feel that really, really is telling, right? Instead of because like, well, because when you drive down a major street, like let's say you're coming, you're avoiding traffic and you get off of the 91 and you're gonna yeah. take, you know, Atlantic or Long yeah. Beach Boulevard, the two major streets down, the yeah. neighborhood's gonna feel safe. Like, oh, this feels great. It's pretty. Right, by Bixby Knowles right? And, and then, and yeah. then you, and then you drive straight down Bixby. I think yeah. it's to prep people to go to Bixby and not feel scared. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, I, really, so, um, yeah. But if you were to, oh, get a, there's a car crash, I'm going to turn into one of the small streets. I feel that they're, they're not going to feel the same, hmm. right? That it's going to, it's going to be more like, well, this is a little bit gringier than, than that street. And I, you know, I don't know. I know I, it's just kind of like, but the thing about it, like if I were to ask my aunt, like, what do you think about them painting the buildings? You'd be like, great. Our neighborhood should get a nice paint job. It true. looks ugly. That's interesting. Right? That's interesting. Like, it depends who you ask. That's and, true. you know, who wouldn't who wouldn't want their neighborhood to better itself? That's true. Right? But then some people don't realize, well, what happens when, you know, everybody wants to come here? And then we get pushed out. That's my fear is the loss of identity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why people need to own their house. Right. You know, which is harder to do but now. Even if they do... And all the, you know, people come in there and, you know, put in their whatever, their hardwood floors and their robot vacuums. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, right. or they give you a really nice hopper so that you could find somewhere else to that. go and then say they could take your house. Then you have less choices. You have to go buy some Apache tan jobber. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's all becoming the same, isn't it? I think so. I think... Um, I feel all of LA, I mean, you know, they're having these issues, so not just in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and there, some people are, are, are trying to push back and, you know, I, I have a really mixed, mixed feeling about gentrification and yeah. all these things just because um, they, there is, there has been a trend where, you know, artists, you know, you know the saying, the starving artist. Okay. They they get into like a studio space, yeah. and then they make it feel safe at least, even if it's not. Yep. Um, and then the galleries follow, and then uh, developers follow, and then the neighborhood's gentrified. Suddenly, so you have an Earth Cafe. So, exactly, exactly. And yeah, when I got a coffee shop in my neighborhood, I was like, "What? A coffee shop?" <laughs> um, but but you know what? Who says people in the ghetto can't have coffee shops? You know, like if they make but, it their own. Right, right, right. So, but you know, a little question. I mean, and the, the people were nice. Uh, it wasn't Starbucks. It was like an actual, like a smaller. But it was nice. So, okay, so. But my yeah. my beef was like, you did a coffee shop right next to a donut shop that sells coffee too yeah. except your coffee's fancy and four dollars like you know like hmm are you gonna last and you know some some businesses have survived as some other hasn't so that mm -hmm. coffee shop has survived mm -hmm. um but i went on a People tangent and i forgot in. what i was gonna say huh oh we're, we're off on a tangent that's good <laughs> isn't this what we were afraid <laughs> yeah, of i mean that's good right i mean as long as i don't start <laughs> no, crying, i love obviously. this I mean, are you are you all right are you okay yeah no i'm fine um well, I, I jump around so the, yeah. these, there's these wonderful Pictures of uh, things, acetone and uh, products. So, Looks like rubbing alcohol. Yeah. So. Um, They're so well lit and beautifully printed and. Thank you. I so there. Uh, the product. The product. The title of the series is titled Ingredients. So it's common. Just the way you say it, it sounds. 
like there's some shadiness going on. Right, here. right. I mean, just think about it. What did you say? Acetone, uh, alcohol. Acetone's a big key. Brake fluid. Like what? What? Ing what ingre ingredients to what? Not Toll House cookies. Right, right. No, you're not. No, definitely not the cookies. Um, so it, a combination of these things. Uh, so it's not a direct recipe, but it's to right. make crystal meth. Um, so, uh, also known as methamphetamines. Right. Um, there's, there's a few more that actually fell down. <laughs> oh. So it's a total of eight of them. Yeah. And then, um, so in, uh, purposely I titled the series ingredients because in, if I ever am showing the work and I'm not there, they don't have the description next to it. Okay. The viewer can stop and think ingredients to what? you okay. know and i've had people are like is it to make a bomb and it's like <laughs> no but usually the the Could sign the, <laughs> i well you know it's bad it's horrible but um the, usually the sinus medicine kind of is the one to really give it away for those that know yes. I, it's really interesting because people who have been around this or have seen it in their neighborhood they get it right away right they they've they've came up to me and told me like, I know exactly what it is you're talking about, or is this what you're talking about? And you know, and other people who have been fortunate to not have this be part of their lives, yeah. they're just like curious, like, what am I looking at? You know, it's, right. it looks like, like product photography, but it's on this black backdrop and makes it right. look really dark. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Right. Right. Um, so what you're looking at is my first iteration, which is a smaller, maybe 20 by 30 inches. Yeah. But then now they're all printed um, to the one on the right. So yeah. they're actually all 40, what size is that? 40 by 50 inches. Okay. So it's, it's larger than life and it's in your face. Right. Um, so the right. point of that too was that so you can read the labels. So mm. you can see what's in it. And usually um, there's always a warning sign mm. right in the front. Mm -hmm. uh, so imagine people are and putting this in their bodies. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, I've had other people who say, oh, maybe, maybe that's what's gonna be more appealing about it. Like, oh yeah, I, I don't know why. You know, it's like, mm. you're right. Some people maybe do wanna feel the effect of that in their oh, body, okay. you know? Sure. Um, right. But but to me, it was more about like calling attention to, um, you know, this drug and what it does to people and how harmful it is and putting it inside of an art context that I feel that it's been ignored. Drug addiction, mental health, yeah. uh, things like this are not usually a part of the everyday art discourse and in galleries. It's not right. necessarily so a conversation that they want to have. Yes. And yes, that's interesting. By, that's interesting. by, by putting it in this space, um, it's, it starts those conversations. Yes. And I have had people who can relate. I mean, you'll be surprised how many people have either directly or through a friend have had someone in their life um, be an addict. So that impacted them. And then, yeah. And then it gave them, you know, the courage to talk about it or just to have this conversation, just to start the conversation of how it's impacted them and how it's impacted their neighborhood or, you know, their community. Why, why do you believe personally that it's not something that's covered in, in the art world? Um, because people are, I think people want to play it safe. 
I think people... What are the safe things, like sexual deviancy and... Uh, and uh, I don't know, abstract art. I'm sorry, abstract yeah. artists. I mean, I like your work. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some, I think it's, it's something that they don't have to feel that they have to, um, you know, get in an argument with someone, right? Mm. It's like, it's not politics. This is very political. Right, and that's the type of work that I that I like. I like work that means something to someone, and it's political. How is this stuff political? Um, what did one someone tell me? The personal is political, and it, and then so it comes from a personal place. So I feel that even though this one's one step removed from me and my family, so I, you know I have a brother who's schizophrenic who self-medicates with, uh, with drugs and his drug of choice is crystal meth. Um, so this is where the project started. So it started from me. Doesn't all art start from the artist? Yeah. Um, but I did it in a way uh, that isn't directly me. Does that make sense? Like my How book, so? for example, my book is very much, I'm in the images, it's about my family. You cannot deny the fact that it's about me. Right. Okay. And these images are just Im like they're one step removed. Oh, right. Okay. And it's about the object and what you're seeing. So I feel that that kind of helps to open up the conversation so that uh, so more of the viewers can insert themselves within it. Because you're an objective person in this. Yes. Yes. Does you're that make sense? You're not in it. You're not in it. I'm, I'm, yes. Like you can't see, I guess, my, my hand. You can't see my hand in it, I guess. Uh -huh. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know, it yeah. could be all jargon and you know, our you know, bullshit. Someone else could <laughs> could disagree. <laughs> like, girl, no, uh, and that's fine. I'm not gonna do that. That's fine if you don't disagree yeah. with me. No, no, it makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. But it was so. It was. I just, you know, in the end, and I acknowledge it, and I know, even though I kept telling myself, okay, I'm, I'm kind of breaking away from making art that's so personal um, that you see me everywhere. Um, but it's still like I still recognize it but comes. It, it, it comes. It comes from a personal place. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. what does that say about mental health and, and uh, you know, and and that and that people that are sick, you know, that don't maybe have resources that other people have, or maybe even some that do, that that's their only choice is something like that. Yeah, I feel that addiction is another form of, of mental health. And I have made work about it. I don't think you've ever seen it. Uh, well, those little small squares right over there, they're just a glimpse at a series that I made that I started to document all the stateroom facilities in California. Mm. Well, actually, I'm not done. I have two that are left that okay. are up, up north. Um, and then I had access to photograph one from the inside, um, inside the gates. And then uh, because it was like a low level security okay. and the other three I had to photograph from the outside because they didn't allow me to come in. Um, and you can legally shoot something like that? Well, if you're on the street, right. it's <laughs> no, that's true. Right. It's public. Anything you're on the street, you can yeah. yeah. If, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily think they'll be a big fan. Um, true. Uh, so the thing about that, why I don't name them by name exactly in any of my writings or anything, is one, you can easily find this information online. Yep. Two, it's not about one facility. To me, it's more about all of the facilities and what they're doing or what they're not doing and so how they're the institution how, in yes, how how they're lacking. And honestly, if I were to travel all of the states, I mean, if someone wants to fund that project, I'm down. Right. But um, Did you hear that? yeah, are you listening? <laughs> um, it's it, it would be the same problem. There are more yeah. mentally ill people in prison or homeless yeah. in the street than there are in state-run facilities, right? 
So because of deinstitutionalization, they yes. uh, decided that, not to say that, you know, state-run facilities have always been the best because they haven't. Right. But w the idea was we're going to, instead of doing these large institutions, we're going to scale it down and make more like community centers, smaller institutions throughout the community to help the community. Those were never built, right? right. And that's why people blame Reagan and, you know, he is, he's the one who didn't, continue the funding and mm -hmm. um, but he wasn't the one who started it mm -hmm. uh, so the the point of the project and what I discovered as I photographed the project is a lot of these places are abandoned um, they don't have the resources because of lack of funding yeah. but as I started to go to these higher level uh, security places yeah. institutions they started to resemble more like prisons yes. um, they had a watchtower they had all these fences and Chain gates and, and, and you know cops on cop stations in on the property Mm -hmm. And then, you know, so that's when it came to, you know, to uh, the conclusion uh, that, you know, obviously our, not that, not, not that I'm the only one that knows this, but there's something wrong with our system, right? right. The system's fucked up. Right. And again, uh, how can I put this, put this on display? Right. How can I start this conversation? Right. Um, and, you know, there are moments where I feel like, can art really make a change? Ken, I'm going to turn it around and ask you a question. Sure. Do you feel that art really can make a change? Or are we just doing it to do it? Hmm. Well, I think a little of both. I mean, I think that we're definitely doing it to do it. We'd, you wouldn't do anything else, would you? I can't. Because I don't have a choice. There you go. So, <laughs> so um, and then, but I think it does. I mean, yeah, I think it does. I mean, it, it, uh, it can start in a movie or a book or a song. Or right. a picture, yeah, and that goes into people's heads, and it might take generations, but eventually they'll change things. Yeah, and they'll hold people accountable for what they did, and yeah, I think I think that because I believe that people are generally good. Mm -hmm. That's how naive I am. I mean, you know, with the way our society is going right now. I, I do. Where's it going? Where's it going? <laughs> do you really want to get into this conversation, Ken? Uh, no, it's just, I just truck drivers <laughs> by now. <laughs> They're like, yes, talk about it. No, I just feel like I, I, I agree, and a part of me wants to say that everybody does. Like, you know, when we're children, all we want is, is you know, to be happy and yeah. and and live this life of joy. Um, but it's it's it. But now I'm not as surprised or as shocked to hear mm -hmm. or see stories that you almost become desensitized mm -hmm. to all these like shootings and like, you know, kids going into school because they're being bullied and shooting their whole classmates or parents like not taking care of their kids and starving them or beating them. Mm -hmm. And it's like it takes a toll like on you to see like how can so many people be so fucked up, you know? Right. And one of it, and a lot of it, I feel, has to do, well, one is gun control, of course. The other one is, uh, m you know, men mental health. Yeah. People are not, they don't have the support uh, that they need for themselves to, to either break the chain of maybe they've been abused and they have ki kids and instead of repeating that, they, they break the chain and, and they uh, give a better life to their children, right? Yes. But what do they need for that? They need support for themselves in order yes. to, to be able to do that. Um, right. Is it also possible that in that recipe that you just stated that um, people see more now because of the ability to see everything? You mean with social media? Yeah, because when we were younger, maybe we only saw... What um, was around us? It was immediately around yeah, us? Yeah, newspapers, and maybe we'd see a thing on the news, but the news is only on 
you know, in the evening and then once at 11 o'clock. Now it's like anything happens and it's like it happened right next to your house, but it didn't. It happened in, in Chicago or it happened in Colorado or... I think it's, it's, a, it's a good and a bad thing. Um, just because you can be, uh, it allows you to, to know that you're not alone in your struggle and whatever struggle you are having, that I, there is some solace in that. I feel that, you know, by me also showing this work uh, the, or doing the work that I do, I've had, I've realized that I wasn't alone. Yeah. And I feel that other people need to know that so they don't feel like, oh, I'm the only crazy one or oh, my family's the only one going through this and, so that you are able to seek support. Yeah. Right. Um, but then there's also, uh, you know, there's on the flip side, it's like people could, you know, use um, these platforms to do bad, to do harm on people. Sure. Right. Or, or people, <laughs> yeah. And then, you yeah. know, to, to, to propaganda yeah. or there's also other people who don't realize that they're uh, actually making the world a lot smaller because they only are, are one sided. They only get their news from one source and that's all they believe because everyone else is a fucking liar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, it could open it up, but it could also make it a lot smaller. Depend. I think, but it all, I think it just depends on the person, right? So people mm -hmm. try to uh, justify their thoughts, so they're going to seek people that have the same thoughts that they do, or they have. So I feel like um, you're a newscaster. Am I? Yeah, like I feel like you're <laughs> this channel that that's not the top four or ten or whatever, you know. And that's what's so cool about what you do. Like I feel like it's you have to do that, you know, like a like. Because I don't like the way a lot of social media is where it's like the really bitching food that we're eating or the cool people we're hanging around with, you know. It's not real. Yeah, and people feel the pressure that they have to do that. Yeah. Um, and they have to follow that. Yeah. And if they don't, if they're not doing it, then they're nothing. Or, or that, you know, it's funny because there's some people who don't even enjoy, like imagine going to a concert and not pulling out your phone. Right. right. Like right. there's I you know, I even though I'm, I'm still quite young, I was still from the generation where like I didn't have a cell phone until I could afford it. Sure. You know, part of that is because, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I, I was able to live without a phone or social media right. or whatever. Right. Uh, and um, so I was. I was able to enjoy things while I was there, and mm -hmm. I feel now people fall into the pressures of I want to do what that person's doing, mm -hmm. so I'm going to get there, take the picture, and then walk away. Right. I'm not going to take it in. Right. Um, so you know that's also a problem. Because um, uh, isn't that an insulating thing? To do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It detaches you from the experience. Right. You know. Um, so then that screws with our intimacy, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, and we use our phone as a clutch. Uh, we're alone at a restaurant. Uh, if you even dare to go eat alone at a restaurant, uh -huh. um, you're on your nobody phone. nobody on Instagram Right, right. Like, oh, no. Because uh, uh, I remember there was more where I was like, I can't, I can't go to the movie theaters by myself. And it's like, well, why not? If no one wants to go with me, then fine, you know? You want to see or, the movie. Yeah. It's like, no one can go, then why am I going to stop myself from doing it? Why do right. I have to rely on someone else? But right. it also prevents you from, like, making new friendships or talking to people yeah. because you're, like, unapproachable because you're on your phone. Yeah. Like, that's all you could do, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I've always felt that the internet is isolating. That we're in connection with all these people, and it's one reason I began to do these podcasts. Um, and uh, you know, because I met a lot of people that I could photograph through there, and I could work with and things, and I'd see their lives, I'd see them in real life, and I'd see them on the internet, mm -hmm. and I realized that the internet is so not 
you know, the real life, and 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 um, and that people are have a hard time doing what you and I are doing right now, having a conversation. Right. Because they're they just want to. Oh look, they're eating there. Oh look, they're vacationing there. Oh look, they're with that person. Yeah. That's as much as they can handle. And you know what's interesting because it's happened to me where they. Um, Maybe at one point they knew each other, ran into each other, exchanged information, they have their Instagram, or somehow they found each other. And then one day, they actually stumble upon that person. How likely do you think they are to approach them? Right. You know, and it's like you know their whole life, because some people honestly post everything that they do. That's true. How likely are you to be like, hey, remember? Or, or I know you, or I don't yeah. know you. And, you know, I, I think I'm at fault. Like, I think I... Um, sometimes feel like, oh, I know that person. Should I go talk to them? Should I not go talk to them? You know? And, or I've had people, I remember my old handle wasn't my name. And the people started calling me by my handle. And I was like, that's not my name. Like, I need to change. I need to put my name on this thing. Because then people are just going to, you know. And some people have some interesting handle names. Isn't it kind of fun um, to be a handle, don't you think? I thought about taking mine away from my name putting it back to the handle yeah you think so well it's because i had old professors and i was like i don't want my teacher calling me that you know i want him to <laughs> i want to be his peer i want to seem professional um so i think that's why i did it and then yeah. but but what ended up happening when i started to because at first instagram was like just for my close friends and family people yes. who actually know me in my daily life right and then i remember i was i was at a little art event I had a table and I was selling things and then the guy's like, how can I find you? And I was like, oh, well, I guess my social media. And as I started to, I guess, open it up, make, make it public, everybody could see it. I kind of took a step back. I don't post as much. Um, I, I, I just, I, I, I'm like, what is, what is it going to be? Is it going to be for my friends? No. Um, is it going to be about my art? Yeah, it's going to be mainly about my art. Um, but now, and then sometimes I'll, post something about what I'm doing or you know my nephew turned one and you know I love him so it's like you guys get to see his cute face right. um, but I, I feel like it, it made me take a step back because then I then I took it more as like a job or something like a you know more people are looking I know more people are looking and then I don't want um, I guess people to assume anything or I don't know I, why I don't not know. have two like a lot of my a few of my friends it's are too famous. much work yeah <laughs> I'm just like I don't I, don't get me wrong, I, I do check it on a daily basis, which is something that I'm also trying not to do. Yeah. And I'm lucky I only have one thing, like I only have Instagram because of that. Because it's like, I don't want this to consume, you know, my entire day. And it can, you know, you can yeah. say I'm a login for 10 minutes and you're there for an hour. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you're late to work or something. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm trying to, I know that it's a good thing. It's necessary. It's and necessary. It's Maybe it's not a good thing, but it's uh, necessary. I mean, well, I mean, good things have happened for some people, yes. not necessarily me, you right. know, not that I'm, I don't have a thousand followers and, and I'm okay with not having a thousand yeah. followers actually. Cause Would that be better if you did? I don't know. I guess people really think like they're up there. It's like a popularity contest. Like, ooh. But, is it, but was you, if you arrive there, is there really any salvation there? Not unless I'm getting paid. <laughs> Someone's sending me money. If Instagram's sending me money, then I'll be happy. But no, like to me, it right. doesn't, like I don't, because I don't, I don't put that value on it. So it's, to me, it's, it's, I do it just because I, I know that if someone who, who don't know me, who doesn't know me, or someone who, let's say, my work is in a museum, that they could look me up and they could find me and they could learn more about me, right? My, my website's attached to it. All the articles that I've been uh, in is attached to it. So it is a nice way to kind of 
put all this information mm -hmm. together and you know mm -hmm. and it, it also could be a nice way to keep a track of keep track of family you know my mom right. you know her family is in another country yes. so it's like it's easier it's easier it does make things easier but you should call them uh, you should call them <laughs> um but uh, yeah Part yeah. of me, it's like I don't, I don't need it. I, I'm okay yeah. with Instagram removing the likes. Apparently, that's a new thing. Did you hear that? Instagram's gonna take away the likes. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Like me I don't, too. I don't need that validation. Right. And I, and sometimes I do feel bad for those because there are like kids who have committed suicide because they've been bullied online or right. because they feel right. that they don't have the support or right. you know. And I, I really, I honestly feel bad because it's. I feel that kids need to go outside and play more. Right. That's what I used to do. But that's not the world they're going to live in. Yeah, that's sad. These things are getting smaller and cheaper, and they're everywhere, you know? I mean, and, and it's not just kids. There's, you go to the post office, and there's people my age and older that are on those things. Right. You know? They love us. They're lonely. So and there. I mean, there's good things, you know, like I learned how to like clean my printer on YouTube. Right. You know, <laughs> that's killer. So, so we're talking about, you know, like there are. Oh, yeah. So there's the good and the bad. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I really find interesting um, talking about YouTube, how I've had heard kids say, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a YouTuber. And it's like I, that wasn't even an option for me. Like, right. wow, how interesting, like right. the different, you know, job opportunities that we're having, but also technology. Like, so we're in Wilmington. We're close to the port. Automation's going to take away people's jobs. For sure. You Robots. And, right. Yeah, so, sure. so it's like we're, we're moving, you know, to a new time and it's only. It'll be all service and art and maybe teaching. Yeah. 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 As far as I can see, but who knows? Things change so quickly right you know yeah well tell me about this but nearing the end tell me about this book tell me more about this book first of all can people purchase this no. where can they purchase it people can't even see it they can't <laughs> lucky you can okay so yeah. this this um so when i first made the book it was um hand bound so it was an accordion book because i made it myself and it was like the easiest form of, of to me that'd be even of, cooler than this of yeah it's not as nice though, because it's because you know it's, you know it's a student. I, I did it as a student. I, there's some things like ink rubs against each other, okay. you know, changes. So, okay, so this is a much smaller, cleaner, professionally bounded version. Okay. But it then looks almost identical, besides the fact that it's a perfect bound. Okay. If people know what that means. Um, Tell us what that means. So it's, it's kind of like what you would see a regular book. It's glued on the edges. Um, so that's what keeps the book together. The, as far as like the cloth uh, outside of the book is the yeah. same as the one I used. We okay. try to get, we try to, the size is the same. So closed, it's like 11 by 17 inches. So it's on the horizontal end. So it's okay. very long. Yeah. And in, in the front, I actually stole this idea from from Juan, who you know, uh, <laughs> he he made a book, and I'm gonna give him credit because he's gonna be like, anyways. <laughs> uh, so he he had made a beautiful book, and he used a like a Polaroid, like an instant uh, image on in the front cover. That's cool. And then I always thought that is so nice. And then I'm like, D I'm sorry, dude, but like I'm gonna copy you. <laughs> um, so here you go, Juan. You get credit. Uh, and so on the cover is a, a image of my front door of my home so it's like me welcoming you inside of my home and on my front door you so happen to see the Virgen Guadalupe carved onto my door which I mentioned to you Ken I thought it was normal I really did I right. mean I grew up with this door right. um, 
for, I don't know, 15 well, what's years. what's abnormal about that? I'm, not everybody has a Virgen of Guadalupe oh. on their door. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I... <laughs> that doesn't one, make it abnormal. One time, I had a man argue with me that this was in East LA. And it's like, dude, it's in Long Beach. Like, no, it's not. It's in East LA. It's like, I'm telling you, sir, I know where I live. And it <laughs> is not in East LA. Yes. And I think, so I must imagine that he must have seen one in East LA. So maybe it's not unique. Mm -hmm. um, but... It's not. Uh, well, it's very common. Really? Where? Where have you seen it? On a door? On a door. On a door. Not like on the mm. side of a building. Not like a, on a mm, door. I can't specifically say where I've seen it, but it, I, when I saw that, I didn't feel like. Really? Wow. Well, that's good. So then, yeah. Then, then we know that there's a lot of Hispanics around your neighborhood, <laughs> a lot of Latinos <laughs> where you live. Um, so, yeah, okay. Um, and then, so the book is titled La Condición de la Familia. And um, that was the title of a series that I did of multiple exposures. And those actually um, yeah. were really important to me because that was my first attempt of, I want to make work about what's going on at home, right. right? So my brother was diagnosed with schizophrenia when he was 17 years old um, because I think he already had the gene inside. He kind of sped it up mm. uh, because he was using drugs. Okay. He, I think he was on ecstasy and okay. that kind of triggered it. And he... Um, so that was my first attempt, right? Mm -hmm. And then when my, you know, my brother passed away in, in, the, in the summer and I came back to school and I said I was making this book, I said that would be a perfect title for the book. Like it's, it's, it's what we're all going through. Like we're all sharing his mental illness. We, we're all going through this. So that's, that's what the title means to me. Um, so then I decided to include those images from the book, in the book. Mm -hmm. And so it's a series of photos which are from my archive, my family's archive. So, you know, images when we were kids to then images when I knew I'm gonna make a book. And normally, um, because again, I told you I was very like technical and I wanted yeah. the pristine image, high res. Um, for this book, I was like cell phone picture, whatever, whatever I had to tell my story. Yet, if right? you look at this book, it almost, I, I literally touched the edge of one of the pictures because I thought that you'd pasted a picture onto the... Mm -hmm. That's how beautiful it is and how you know, well, well done it is. Um, so the reason why it's not on my website or people don't really get to see it or buy it is because when I showed this in an exhibition at, in 2015 at the Pomona College Museum of Art, and they actually paid to get these printed. So I have six copies. Well, they kept two. Um, and then, so I'm limited in the, in the amount of copies that I have. And... Um, but, and the reason why they wanted to make it and to uh, print it, reprint it, was because they didn't want to damage my original. Okay. Right? They said people are going to handle it. We don't want people to ruin it. It's and then idea. in the end, you know, this looked a lot prettier, right? <laughs> um, so I, uh, okay, so I start off with kind of giving you a glimpse of uh, what life was at, at home. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a ceiling light that's broken, right? Mm -hmm. And then I slowly start by introducing you uh, the subjects, yeah. which is my family, right. right? And then you start to see images of, of my brother um, who has uh, schizophrenia, kind of his mental condition kind of deteriorate, right? Mm -hmm. He is, you know, breaking things inside the house. Mm -hmm. He's tagging inside the house. Yeah. He, um, there's, there's one that I'm like, peeking through a window when he's super high and I'm like taking a picture of him and when he's, you know, not in the best state. And then 
um, to kind of leading up to a, a, an image of of my brother at the beach and when you flip the page it's an image like a shrine of that very same image right and it's it's in the uh, funeral home or the church one of the two and it kind of leads to to describing what happens when, when you lose someone he's in the casket there's a lot of candles um, and then I have a page where it kind of just describes my story right so it's a restraining order that I got on my brother uh, Israel who's schizophrenic and it says that he stabbed my youngest brother and he passed away um, and you I'm curious you didn't ask me like so what happened everybody wants to know what happened with Israel um, so I'll just <laughs> say it right now so he actually there was another person involved yeah um, and then so he was let go on self-defense okay um, and I, this is why I'm not mad at him, and this is why I dedicate the book to him, um, because I don't think he did it intentionally. Mm -hmm. I think he maybe he panicked. He had a pocket knife. He happened to hit a major artery. Oh. So my brother, and then he ran. He he kind of stabbed him and ran, mm -hmm. and then so my brother, um, who kind of was bleeding to death, and he was resuscitated in the ambulance, and then later passed away in the hospital because mm -hmm. he went into cardiac arrest. Right. Um, so it's a very traumatic experience for me, for them, for him, for everyone. And then as you kind of go through the book, once you read that, there's images of a psychiatric hospital that my brother was placed very temporarily, not even after he, uh, this accident happened. Yeah. It was maybe like months after. Mm -hmm. um, so this is why I started to feel angry at the quote unquote system. Yeah. Like how could you guys just let this fucking kid go? Like yeah. he obviously has some fucking problems. Yeah. And um, you know, all they said was like, you guys need to be a strong family. Like this is your choice. Either he goes to jail for murder mm -hmm. or we let him go in self-defense. Wow. It wasn't really a choice because he was just like, we're letting them go. But, but it was just like, like what would you prefer? You know, and at the moment I was like, well, of course, like I'm going to lose two of my brothers, right. like, you know, and um, and then we thought that he was going to do a major change. Right. We, we this is what we thought. And we That's thought any any normal person we thought would have like tried to change their life and get off of drugs because they were he was on drugs basically, too. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think I think they all were, to be honest. Um, so I started going to therapy. So there's like a little tree in my therapist's office, mm. and because it was also about me healing. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's a I, there's an the last image of the book is a, an image of the four of us. So I have an older sister. Oh, we talked about my sister in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, about, you know, uh, when we were kids, thinking about like a happier time, a yeah. happier memory of us together. Yeah. Um, and I and again, I wanted to end it on a lighter note, if at all possible, because I I felt like I'm not mad. Like, but this is just, this is what happened. This is what happened. And, and this is why I was looking at, at those artists, because even though, see, I, I told you I was going to cry. Uh, <laughs> because Who I, blame you? you know, some days I don't cry, some days I do. Um, wow. So because I just felt like this is fucked up. It's hard and fucked up. So I thought, like, I want to show it, you know? Yeah. And, and at first, I did it for me. It helped me mourn. It helped me confront it on a daily basis. Yes. But then when I, when I did, like, here's my book, guys. This is what I've been doing in secret, you know? Yeah. Like, people were able to say, like, I know my, my, my father passed away. Or I have a brother who's mentally ill. And I didn't feel alone in, in, in those feelings. And then... 
I I'm, I was a little hesitant to put it in the show, in the juried show at my school. Mm-hmm. And then it got in, and my teacher was very supportive. Yeah. She was like, you, need to sh- you should show it. And I was proud of myself, like, damn, that was pretty good, if I may yeah. say so myself, you know? Yeah. And then I remember it was in this group show, and that was actually my original version, my handmade one. Yeah. And someone left me a sticky with the heart. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like this person doesn't know me, but they wanted to leave me something. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> no, my, no, you would never apologize for feelings. But, and... Just gonna let me hold it together. <laughs> so, then I, um, then I just, I just kept going. I just felt like, I've already, like, I feel like it's kind of, like, it's really difficult to get through that first hurdle, yeah. right? And I just felt everyone knows there's no one to hide this from. It was on the news. It was on the local newspaper. Everyone knows. Like, oh. What am I hiding? What am I hiding? So then I just... I Did just, you do that at some point in time? Were you, were you trying to keep this from... Yeah, well, well, when my brother was first diagnosed, we didn't want to tell anyone. Mm. We kept it, and that's why I loved the dark room Because I was like, oh, fuck this drama at home. I'm Some gonna... serenity there. Yes, and then, you know, and then when this happened, it's like everybody knows. Everybody who mattered at the time or, mat- okay. you know, okay. like who are we hiding this from? They went to the funeral. Right. They know, right. you know, and then so that kind of gave me, and I've been very fortunate that my family has been very supportive, and, you know, they were just like, I think when they said, I'm a photographer, they were like, okay, so you're going to take pictures of quinceañeras and stuff? And it's like, no, I'm not that kind of photographer. I'm an artist, you know? They're like, whatever. She's well, in school. What the you know, she, <laughs> no, that's too much work. And um, no, so then I just, I just, I think they were just like, she's, she's in school. She's doing good. Let's not mess with her. You know, let's just, let's just let her do it. That's you know, I, I'm pretty sure that was the thought, you know, they were just like, okay. And then I got into UCLA. Oh, wow. Okay. That seems like a really good school. That's keep, huge. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And then seems so, like a really good school. You know, I, it's funny because my dad, he's so cute. He, uh, he, when I was, I, when I went to my grad school, there was, I think, like something was happening at UCLA. And he calls me like, oh, something's happening at UCLA. And it's like, dad, I'm not at that school anymore. I'm at the other school now. <laughs> you know, but it, because it, because it stayed it with him, head, right? Yeah. 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 And then, so when I, when I actually was asked to show this book, I, I, I felt like it would, it would be unjust not to ask them. Right. So I said, do you mind if I share this and I put it on an exhibition and then I remember my dad's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I think it's a great opportunity. He's like, well, if you feel it's a great opportunity, then you should do it. It wasn't until they went to the opening and they realized it was kind of a big deal and a big institution as far as like how many eyes were on this thing. It's no longer me showing work at a little coffee shop. Right. They were like, oh, shit, she's for real don't take my picture anymore you know so it took a few years that they didn't want me to take their picture anymore mm. they they were more reserved because that's where you got that from what about not wanting to share it not not wanting to share to the share work the story no because that once they committed once at one time they said yes it was over i don't ask them anymore i show whenever i can <laughs> but i just feel like initially i was just like it's it's it is my story, and I have every right to it, yes. but it's also their story. That's true. Um, but it is your so, perspective of that story. Right, right. So then, um, so, but, but they, they've never told me no. You know, there's times where um, I showed it this, this last summer in New Mexico, and my mom 
went with me when I was installing the show and, you know, she cried when she saw the book, yeah. right? But now she feels like, um, I almost feel like I woke up like the little activist in her because I've seen her like, this is why you don't do drugs. This is why you don't do this. Look at this. So it empowered you know? her maybe. So, yeah, I, I feel mm. like for my thesis show, mm. um, I don't think you've seen images, but I did a, an installation where I kind of recreated um, one of the images in the book. Mm. And I didn't, I kind of had it in the back of my mind um, but I didn't use that as a reference to the very, like, when I was there installing it. And I was like, no shit. Like, this image has kind of, it's burned in my brain. Mm. So I recreated, like, my brother's room with the chaos and, the, and you know, the tagging. And um, part of that was because what, what really stayed with me um, was that he was stealing our light bulbs to smoke crystal out of them. Mm, and then pipes out of that somehow. yeah like he was just kind of using like he'll break them so they still kind of kept like a half dome mm -hmm. and then he'll just burn it from the bottom mm -hmm. tape it to the table even sure and then i always as a photographer gravitated to taking a picture of something yeah and then this time i said no i want to put the object in the space it impacted me it made a change in me when i saw it i want people to see that object and mm. i couldn't put it on a pedestal mm. i said i cannot it, it doesn't belong there and I, I didn't want to glamorize it either um, and then so I made I, I made this whole room basically with the bed tagging um, and then it showed I should have showed you that work sorry Ken <laughs> um, so my website uh, so I made this installation and then so when she went to that show she was like I think to anyone that would was talking to her she was really like advocating for like mental health and addiction and and I, I thought it was kind of nice. And then I was like, okay, mom, people didn't come for that. Like, <laughs> but, it, but it did something to her, you know? Yeah, it sounds like um, that. So, yeah. So, so I, have, I have two final questions. Sorry, I know you're saying we're coming to an end. How long no, have we no, been talking no, for? No, this, is, this is a wonderful <laughs> conversation. Um, one is, so when you do these installations, is it like going to a funeral? I mean, why, you know, I mean, my mom's buried in Colorado, you know, and I haven't been there since she's died, just about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. so I don't want to go through it. Um, I, well, that's a good question, Ken. So I've only done it twice. The first time, even my mentors who, um, it was, I think it was Harry Gamboa Jr. Who's like, it's you, you need to get this out and you, even though I have kind of started different bodies of work that, again, I said it separates them, themselves from me. I had started to separate myself, my personal life from the work. Right. That room took it back to me, okay. my experience. And then I, um, it, it was kind of like, it was hard to do. And it, it, it really is hard to do. Yeah. But when I did it, it was almost like a relief. Like, okay, I'm ready to walk, walk away from this. And so remaking it was like, oh, shit. You know, um, I, I was invited yeah. to, to have a solo show. And then I just felt like, um, again, I don't have a lot of followers, Ken. <laughs> Not a lot of people look at my work. Um, but I just felt like this is an opportunity for um, an other audience. Yes. Right? And New Mexico also has, and I think this is why I was invited to mm -hmm. show there. Mm -hmm. um, so I was working with the gallery uh, Photo Forum, uh, Santa Fe, with Sage Paisner as, um, and he's, it's an artist run space. Okay. And so they also have a problem of, of, of 
uh, users specifically using uh, methamphetamine, okay. so crystal meth. Okay. So it was like, it's bringing it, it's like they can, even though we're in a different state, they yeah. can still relate to this. And even, and I think they're the, have the highest population of people using crystal okay. meth. Okay. So it was, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's why I was invited to that space right. because I, um, people can relate and we can have this conversation of, right. of issues that they're also dealing with at home. But you home. as a human being, it's got to be stressful. It's, it's stressful. And now I'm in the place where um, I'm like, well, and I think we've talked about it. And I think now you know why I say it. Like, I don't want to be a sad girl forever. I don't only want to make sad work. You know? Yeah. But the truth is that uh, this is my reality. Right. This is most people leave that reality. You seem to be processing it every time you have to go somewhere and do a show. Yeah, and the... It's none of my business. <laughs> it's, it's no. Not. I mean, you know, no. My, my second question, because you can answer that too, but my, my last question was, and it doesn't mean you have to finish, but yeah. is, that, is that how do you follow up on that? Well, I, I did do another body of work, which is a happier body of work, you can say. Yeah. Um, so I have a series of portraits, and I can show them to you. I have copies I think you'll enjoy because they're large format, black and white prints done in the dark room. Um, and so it's a series. I need more than that. It has to be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so the, the series is titled Hija de tu Madre, which um, it's a double entendre, so it's kind of a joke. It's kind of like saying cool. son of a or mother, you know, without really saying it, uh -huh. you know. So, but it translates to uh, daughter of your mother. So it's a portrait. It's a series of portraits of, of of mothers who have migrated from their home country and their daughters who now okay. live here yeah, with them. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that they're immigrants anymore. Maybe you know, you know, they've could have became citizens or whatever. But it's to kind of sh have a say about our current political climate and yeah. how we matter and yeah. how we're a good part of the society. Yeah. So that work I did drift away from you know sad girl issues right yeah. um but it was still very personal to me you know my, sure. my mother is from central america and but because of what she did in you know coming here like yeah. i'm able to sit here with you today and yeah. um and then so I, I i have that body of work that's slowly growing right you know and i'm very happy that i'm doing that you are you're happy to do it i'm happy to do it and i'm always yeah. happy you know even when i when i take a break from from taking images and and i take my camera out again it really brings me joy like i get really happy to to take a picture and but we're so used to like our camera phones you know like oh this is a good enough job um but to really set out like i'm gonna that's why i love film because it slows me down yeah. and, and i love the process of I just love the entire process from loading the film to taking it to developing right. it and then right. to print it right. um and you know that's why i don't know i it, so that's why i was really surprised that i became an installation artist like whoa i didn't see that right. one coming right. <laughs> but, but but it was like more about like um you know what i wanted to say what did i want people to get out of it mm -hmm. and then so now i feel like you know the pressure's on like okay how am I going to come up with a new body of work that's good? And, you know, we've had this conversation separately, but, you know. I don't think that, that what happened to you made your art good. I think that you, it's the way, it's you, it's you, you know. It's unfortunate what happened to you, but I don't, because if you're a really shitty artist, this would be a really shitty book. 
<laughs> well, thanks, Ken. Thank you. You know, um, so that you can't, yeah. uh, you can't, I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's just um, getting out there and doing something. But unfortunately right now, and this is why I'm emotional, and this is why I say sometimes I'm better, sometimes I'm not better. Yeah. Um, my brother is not doing well right now. So, so that kind of adds to, like, it, it like, re- sparks the trauma and and so when he's not well like none of us are well yeah, you know that's your family so like it's and you know we'll we'll see so that's why it's like i i i uh, i need to get better in what i'm doing and in myself to yeah. to be able to do this happy work whatever happy work means <laughs> i love that word you know happy work. i'm gonna make happy work now um <laughs> But you know, maybe maybe it is just going out and and doing you know just just t just the act of taking a picture, yeah. You know, and then seeing where that goes. And, we talk about and that. That's how, what I need to do. How just get some film and put it in there and just start pushing the button. Just go. That's yeah. that, and that you have is no expectation. That's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. Even if it's just again continuing the work of my neighborhood, like I love doing that. Yep. Like even if it's just I that's that's you know, you know? you're gonna be my therapist right and now. Then, Thank right. you, Ken. And get that <laughs> film and process it, and then throw it, make some prints. Whether you hate them or love them, just, yeah. Just you have to just make things. I think. Yeah. You know. And without you know, expectation, because you seem to make a lot of things with expectation. You have a mission, and you have a vision, and you have a message. You know. I make so many things just because I just want to make it. I you're right. all the stuff around here. You're right. I love all this. I like to just make something. I, you're right. Without and expectation. I, that's absolutely true. It seems like a lot of responsibility. That's true. And it could, it could be because of where I've gone to school and that's kind of the process or that has been my process. Like it's yeah. almost been like a research process. Like yeah. I, I do a little investigation and then I take pictures and do a little more investigation because this is what I'm mad about, you know? Yeah. So conceptual. Um, so I'm not I mean, saying you should. I'm just I know, but I, I think you're right. I mean, mm. I think I need to revisit why I fell in love with the medium to begin with. Right. You know, and right. and because it really made a big impact in my life. Yeah. So, you're right. Yeah. I should. That's what right. I need to do. Just get, get to go buy some films. films. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like do 120? It. Throw some 120. In yeah, boom, boom, I could do boom. 120. I don't have to go four by five, yeah. and you know. I, that's so fun. You know, <laughs> you and I were. You were, you, you know, the professor at the school that I'm at, and I shot these pictures of some students there, and I was really sad because I liked 4x5 so much, you know, and so that means I have to go buy a 4x5 camera, and I've got to... <laughs> Need them. Hey, hey, there's some low-end, you know, yeah. you know, not fancy. I don't have to have fancy, but it's just, you know, just the medium so beautiful, 4x5. Just get some 4x5 sheets and go make some stuff. Maybe just go 8x10, Ken. Just oh, don't even say that to me. <laughs> just, don't just even start Go super there. large I, format. I purposely have not shot that because I don't want to... You don't want to fall in love with it? I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It's expensive. It's really expensive. Right. But I know. I know people, yeah. really talented photographers, who shoot that and then and they can't afford to shoot it anymore. And they have really good jobs. And yeah. They, and they wait till they have more money to shoot it again. Right. I don't want to be... <laughs> yeah, it. But so I don't even touch it. I'm, I purposely don't. It's like I don't want to know what cheesecake tastes like, type of thing. Right. You don't want to, and then get tempted, and it'll be over. It won't be no temptation. It'll be over. <laughs> I touch that stuff. You know? Did you ever do that? Eight by ten, and I did. That? I yeah. did. I actually. Um. Uh, I had 
I had, it was a learning experience because my and Catherine Opie had an 8x10 beautiful wooden camera. It was so nice. And then I, I was, again, a student, so uh -huh. I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. So I bought the cheapest film I could buy, which yeah. was regrettably lith film. And it didn't develop the same way that normal film develops. Okay. So I was trade developing for... I, I started doing two at a time. Okay. Nothing was coming up, so I knew it was underdeveloping. So I added time, I added time. And I think the last set was like 35 minutes in the wow. developer. And then, so I only had one good print out of it. I did contact wow. sheets. Um, and I, and then contact later- Contact sheets that big? Well, yeah, it was eight by 10. So I was like, I'm gonna do a contact eight sheet. That's a contact sheet? And then, yeah. And then uh, when I, when you know, when I printed it and I framed it, I, I'm like, do I have it here? So I can show you, I don't think I have it here. Yeah. Um, but. I, uh, then later I had an, an older professor. I'm like, dude, this lith film was, took me forever to develop. And mm. he was like, oh yeah, you could have developed it with the safe light, with paper developer. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And so I should have done a little bit more research on oh, the film that I was using. Right. And so I, I knew it was going to be like high contrast, but I was mm -hmm. like, hey, as long as I get something, I don't care, you know? Right. Um, so I wasted <laughs> 10 shots. Uh, I don't remember how much the film was, but I remember it was like, it was a, it was the cheapest, and oh, right. that's that's why I went to it, you right, know. Right. And I'm like, man, my one opportunity to shoot eight by ten, and I screw it up. Um, but you know, it, I, yeah. I got a I got a beautiful print out of it. Yeah. <laughs> my one print, uh, and then imagine, so I did, I did five times. I went in the developer, yeah. to in the room to develop. Right. Yeah, and then nice. so I was I was yeah. Was that strong. didn't hook you on it. No, it was so expensive. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. Let me just go. It made me appreciate four by five more. I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm gonna stick to four by five. It's it's manageable. Yes. It's um it's it's affordable ish. Yes. Right. Yes. Actually, these these uh, I'm not necessarily a studio photographer, and I think I've 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 told you that um, because I prefer to use natural light. Part of me is right. you know I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I want to shoot these products. I need to shoot them. And they need to be done in the studio because that's the one way of doing it. Right. So I, you know, <laughs> set up some studio lights. I got a, a nice, um, uh, what are they called? Like a soft box oh, yeah. to put them in. Yeah. And to make some uh, even lighting. Yeah. And well, they were in like an alcove or something? Yeah, it was like you actually, you, put you shoot in the through thing. the box. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like a little tent. Like a product tent. Or and then you shoot through the tent. Right, I've seen those. And um, I was like, great. And then yeah. some of them came out, some of them were a little bit under, and I wasn't quite sure why, so I reshot it. And these are in color, so I couldn't develop, I wasn't, I haven't, I, I know people who develop color on their own now, yeah. but at the time I Juan's didn't know of, of any. Yeah, Juan is one of them. So I, I was paying for it, so it was, it oh. was about $100 for 10, Dang. for 10, right? Dang. And I redid it four times. Whoa. Yeah, because the second time nothing came Could've out. We went to Disneyland for half a day oh on that. Oh my god, I almost gave, I almost went digital. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck this. I'm gonna go digital. Like I like this is costing me way too much money, and I just couldn't figure out. I'm like, am I metering wrong? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And I was like meeting with people. Even yeah. the people at the lab felt bad for me yeah. um, because it was very like <laughs> ghostly. Yeah, yeah, they were like, well, and then I finally like it was actually Juan, yeah. um, who said. Oh, it's your bellows. You're extending your bellows too much, and you're not compensating for the bellows extension. Oh, and I was like, I would have never thought of that. Fuck. Well, neither did I. Wow. You know, I was like four hundred dollars in, wow. 
and then so that's what it was so i didn't extend wow. my bedals or i actually compensated so i, I ex wow. the reason i didn't have a lens that could get me close enough to it so i was extending my bedals to be able to get close enough yes. to to the object without having so much um negative space around it right. and um so when I knew that, there's like a little handy calculator online that you could plug in. You add more light to it, basically. Yeah, you add more time or light, exactly. So, but you get a ruler and you actually measure how much you're extending oh, the bellows and stuff. Yes. Oh, and bellow length. The bell, yes, okay. because there's a, that's why they, there's locks because that would give you, I don't know if you've ever noticed, there's locks on the bellows because you right. could, you could move it. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a certain distance where you can't go past. Oh, okay. And I like... Oh, it's so easy. I'm going to remove the little locks, <laughs> you know, and I'm just going to push it. And, you know, so that would have done. So, at the, so the first time, I guess I didn't do it as much. So that's why I was able to get an image. Oh. Um, but the second time I was like, I'm going to get even closer. Of course, even closer, <laughs> even detail. better. And, read all the and it was like blank, blank. So I have all these blanks that oh. I should do something because it cost me so much um, oh. until I finally figured it out. I, um, you know, and then I right. reshot so it. You should have wanted every then, shoot that you... I try to, he, I do. <laughs> I try to have him next to me at all times. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it was a big help. And I remember it was Juan who was like, actually, Juan was with me in my first shoot. And then he, he was like, you're crazy. Like, why are you trying to do studio if you don't even know how to do it? And it's like, because I know what I want to say. And you're going to help me. That's why I have you here. Um, so, I mean, I, you learn. I will That's never awesome. do that again. I will never do that again. Right. And I. It was only four hundred dollar um, lesson. That's not bad. Oh my god. <laughs> and then and I was broke. See, that's why I'm so much student debt. Let's not even talk about that. Um, but I, uh, I mean, it came out great. And I yeah, have these. Beautiful. You know, because they're four by five, I'm able to get a scanned, you know, larger than life. Yes. And a print, it's just you know. Beautifully clear and. Um, it's sort of disturbing. It's so big. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, but I love it. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it, let it go there. I mean, but, but you know, the uh, the thing I have to ask is just like, where can people find you? You know, if they need to hire you or need to have you do an installation or whatever, or, you know, where can people find you? Or do you want to be found? Uh, yeah, I don't okay. mind. I actually. Um appreciate people who reach out to me I, I like it i enjoy it um i could be a little i guess i don't know why i get timid and like oh mm. no i don't want attention uh but i do want attention at the same time like i do want people i do want more people to see my work right okay um but it, i just get a little shy sometimes i don't know why uh but um i have a website so it's my first and my last name. It's Aidinane Ortiz. I also have an Instagram, which is the same. My first in my first name and my last name. And um, I mean, that's, those are the places. Yeah, my emails on my website um, and my Instagram. You can always, you know, message me. It's public. Okay. So I'm okay, available. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for. Thank you. Sitting here talking to me. Thank you for coming all the way to Wilmington. Oh, it's not far at all. From, I, I live right by Cypress, so it's really simple. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.